Hello and welcome to your Active's Agri-Food podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from your Active's Agri-Food news team. This week, unpacking the EU packaging proposal and more on carbon farming. I've been told that I actually can use this uh, this song because right. it's old enough and doesn't have uh, rights. Okay, so you can technically use it, but why are you using it? This is the... <laughs> Thank you for the question. Okay, stop. Thank you for the question. This is the national anthem of Italy. <laughs> why am <laughs> I'm using it? First of all, because Italy is not at the World Cup, so... I haven't seen, I haven't listened to this. Uh, Are you aware this is an agri-food podcast? No. Okay. Let me explain. Just check. Let me explain. Okay. I was celebrating the fact that uh, finally, as Italian, I could rejoice because the commission approved last week on Friday the National Cup, the Cup uh, Strategic Plan of Italy. Wow. They've also approved, like, 23 others we, yeah we we're haven't a bit played. late we're a bit late but uh just because of the national stereotype you know <laughs> i'm just saying we haven't played their national anthems so maybe we should go back and do you know everyone's yeah you can do it on the your active scap tracker <laughs> <laughs> no, okay well it's also true that uh i'm the editor of this hub so i have some kind oh. of <laughs> <laughs> so you can be as biased as you like <laughs> all right Okay. Yeah, no, but it was uh, it was a good uh, news, no? Very, we're all very happy about this, <laughs> and I'm personally happy that you've played that because you came into this podcast studio looking very suspicious, and I knew you had something up your sleeve. If I if I may add, they also adopted the Cypriot uh, strategic plan on mm-hmm. the same day mm-hmm. in Malta, some days uh, before. So I assume you've got the national anthems ready to go. No, I can I can even sing it. Go on. No, but uh, it's it's already it's too much for our listeners. It's it's two minutes that we haven't said we haven't no. mentioned any ugly food news, uh, <laughs> Natasha. I have to call you to your deity. We've enticed them in, saying we'll talk about packaging. We just played them the Italian national anthem. Yeah, national strategic plans. To be fair, if I if I may again, you may. There's a, a very interesting um, part of the national strategic plan. Uh, in the in the Italian one, which is basically some uh, fund, I think it's eight hundred million, that are going uh, to farmers in order to cope with the climate change uh, issue, basically. Mm-hmm. So quite interesting, and and they also have uh, some kind of diversified system distribution system for as small and uh, medium sized farms. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Why I'm talking about this? Because next, actually, this week, mm-hmm. tomorrow, on the sixth of uh, December, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, otherwise on the sixth of December, we have our first Twitter Space. Oh my goodness! And after this preview, everyone is going to be flocking. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing, but actually, yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm quite thrilled. Twitter space is basically, what, what are we going to do, Dash? We... Well, it's going to be kind of like a, a live podcast, I suppose, but also with with the potential for for anyone listening on that follows us, 
follows us on Twitter to jump in and talk about um, the theme, which is all about the cap, the entry into force of the cap, um, cap strategic plans, everything around this theme. What does it mean you, you suppose? You're the organizer. I suppose. Well, it's the first time we've done a Twitter space. I know the theory of how it's supposed to go. Let's see how it actually pans out in practice. But anyway, I suppose this is a call to action for anyone listening that's interested to get involved. And you can also, along. yeah, yeah, indeed. And you can also re-listen to this because it's going to be recorded. But mm-hmm. it's time to dive into what happened last week. The actual news. The actual news. <laughs> there, were, there were actually two big news. There were, yeah. Yeah, there were two big proposals. You've already given a bit of a flavour of, of, of what these were. Um, which one should we dive into first? Should we do the unpacking? I, I said I said unpacking first. Unpacking. Unpacking it is. Since then. we are close, closer to Christmas, let's unpack some. Uh, I see. And what a gift this was because we had the, uh, the new EU packaging law proposal was presented this week officially. Um, and so this was the, it's an overhaul of the EU packaging rules. It's the idea of trying to tackle, you know, the ever growing source of waste and also consumer frustration over excess waste and packaging. Um, so did you know that on average, each European generates almost 180 kilograms of packaging waste per year? Wow. Fun fact for you. There you go. So this proposal is supposed to go some way to to tackling this. And of course, you know, this is an environmental issue, but it has a huge impact on the agri-food sector and of course on, on you know, food businesses generally. Um, so the food industry, they weren't very happy, I think it's fair to say, with this proposal. Um, they said that it was actually unworkable for them in in the current state. Um, you know, they, they weren't very happy with the way that the, uh, the the targets set out for the for the sector, they were saying that it lacked the tools to support the food, drink, and packaging sectors um, with the kind of infrastructure that they need to to be able to to to, to do the reuse and recycling targets that were set out in in the proposal. Um, called the targets and the timelines um, well intended but unrealistic. So that was the kind of the feedback from the agri food sector. Um, of course, others disagreed on this on this point um we spoke with the campaign group rethink plastic who were pointing out that you know major beverage companies and food companies still come up as the top plastic polluters globally um and you know they were they were saying that actually the targets had been drastically reduced from a draft which was circulated of the proposal which actually you active we got our hands on and, uh, you know, some of the some of the reuse targets were reduced by as much as 50 percent. So it's actually a big there was a big difference between what was circulated um, very recently compared yeah. to what came out this week. It's a bit of a new trend if I if uh, I can consider it uh, like that. Mm. So we also seen it um, in the pesticide proposal uh, that uh, the commission uh, drastically changed the OK, in, in this case. We're talking about a reduction in the targets between the initial tar- the initial draft and the final proposal. Mm. Uh, in the pesticide, the, the, the sustainable use of pesticide regulation, there was um, like completely uh, was turned upside down by the commission, you know, from the, the first draft to the final proposal. But in the meantime, there was uh, a lot of uh, pressure, particularly from member states when it comes to the 
um, when it comes to the pesticide regulation and uh, um, apparently from the industry in this case in mm. this uh, as we reported um, even before even with our colleague uh, Kira Taylor um, from the Environment Hub so um, there's uh, yeah it's it's a new trend also because I mean we're we already said that but we're closer to the EU election so the commission is a bit cautious in proposing something that uh, uh, it's not expected to have uh, the majority, at least in the council. Mm. Uh, and we know that there's a lot of pressure on the governments from the industry. Again, we we mentioned before, um, we mentioned before Italy, uh, actually in, in Italy, in the Emilia-Romagna region, there's a very... Not again. <laughs> no, I mean... No, go on, go on, in Italy. <laughs> no, no, um, no national anthem. Uh, there's a huge um, um, area and it's probably one of the biggest producers of uh, a certain kind of packaging mm. um, used for food, uh, even for takeaway food and so on. Uh, so there's a lot of pride. I remember when they, um, they lobbied uh, the government to postpone the entry into force of the plastic tax and so on. So um, industries are actually um, putting pressure on governments when it comes to this uh, kind of reduction. To be fair, reductions were quite, uh, you know, considerable, let's say. Um, But it's also true that, uh, um, I mean, this is an interesting aspect of of this uh, unpacking the packaging proposal. Mm. But I noticed that it's a, it's a bit in line with uh, what I've just said, that uh, you know there are different uh, lobbies inside the, the different member states. The way this news has been uh, received by the, general, by the public in the member states and reported by the national media differ from state to state. Mm-hmm. Which means, for instance, I am uh, checking uh, how this was reported by, for instance, Germany. Mm-hmm. And if you check the main uh, newspapers and the main media outlets of Germany, they focus pretty much on a single wrapped uh, fruit and vegetables, which is quite uh, a very bad practice that... Mm. Uh, that uh, German retailers are doing. They, they have this fruit wrapped in uh, like 20 centimeters uh, <laughs> polystyrol. Uh, you say the Germans are bad for it, but in the council, I, yeah, I see yeah. this a lot. I actually tweeted about this once that they individually wrap like yeah, bananas yeah, 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 yeah. as if bananas don't have the packaging. Same. Yeah, yeah. The same. And it's quite common in, in Germany. And indeed, they, they highlight this point in mm. the... Or, for instance, the coffee-to-go cups. But if you check on uh, on how this news was reported in Spain, they're focusing still on the coffee, you know, the the actual uh, ban of single-use uh, coffee cups. But they highlight they highlighted the um, the tool that will replace the single-use cups, so basically reusable cups. So mm-hmm. we're going to use reusable cups uh, in 18 years. Or, for instance, um, the Portu- Portuguese media, particularly Publico, the, the most famous one, they, they focused on uh, 
coffee capsules, the one that uh, you put in your machine, and tea bags. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, uh, you know, I bet the British would have focused on tea bags. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. It's basically, <laughs> it's it was super interesting because you can actually check what matter for for yeah. countries because of course, and yeah, you're in, seeing their their culture, their kind of yeah. what's so important to them. For Italians, <laughs> the main problem was the um, I really don't know how to call it a sugar sachet. It's basically. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have thought it'd be something about like reusable. Like, take away coffee cups. Something about coffee. No, no, no. Because we actually Italians yeah, when, when they go to the bar, we call it the, yeah. the coffee place. We don't drink in. in yeah, true, uh, true. We, we drink in uh, real, uh, hmm. real cups, but we use the the, <laughs> the sugar in in a single dose, uh, single use uh, sachet. Uh, and for instance, another point uh, that is actually quite interest, uh, interesting, again, French uh, newspapers, they focus on uh, the circular aspects, you know, uh, returnable bottles, uh, reusable cups, and so on. Mm-hmm. Very interesting that the Dutch media, <laughs> they focus, like, I mean, they focus on the same, st- on the same thing, uh, and particularly on the, um, the mini-sized shampoo bottle, shampoo bottle. Mm. That you have at the at the hotels, basically. Yeah, yeah. But also, <laughs> they in in their uh, headlines, they talk about. I'm I'm bragging here because I'm studying I'm studying that <laughs> coffee milk, which is basically <laughs> this is this is actually <laughs> any opportunity. <laughs> Sorry, are you studying Dutch? Sorry, could you? I didn't know you that. Know, I did the moderation two weeks ago. And I said it. No, in English. <laughs> and I said that. Ah, by the way, I'm studying Dutch. Of course you did. <laughs> because the moderate, the one of the finalists said, ah, you pronounced my name uh, in a very good way. Oh, look at this humble bragging. My goodness. So multicultural. <laughs> yeah. And um, so basically they care more about uh, um, milk with coffee rather than coffee. Because mm. they put uh, like... Coffee to go cups, while they say coffee and milk cups. Yeah, it's anyway. an interesting snapshot of everyone's yeah where yeah. everyone's priorities lie. No, indeed, 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 indeed. And there was also a, another proposal this week. Lots of proposals this week. Lots of things that happened and got put on the table this week. Um, and this was the newly proposed regulation um, that aims to set EU-wide standards for certifying the removal of carbon. So here we're talking about carbon farming um, measures. So this was a very, I think it's fair to say that everyone was really looking forward to this proposal. We've been yeah. talking about this for a long time. Um, unfortunately, our expert of carbon farming is not no, with us today. Sorry. But... You kind of have to make do with us, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, we, we actually started this. It's uh, true. I mean, without us reporting on carbon farming, probably the commission wouldn't come up with uh, <laughs> with a proposal. <laughs> I mean, oh, you're I, really, I'm, you're really on something today. <laughs> when I mention Dutch, I start bragging all the time. <laughs> so imagine. Go on then, brag it. Tell us about your knowledge about carbon farming. Impress us. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Put your money where your mouth is, Gerardo. 
<laughs> no, as you, as you said, it was quite of, um, an important uh, an important proposal from uh, from the commission. To be fair, we actually reported on these cert- certification schemes, and you can find all the um, all the articles that we that actually our colleague Julia <laughs> wrote. <laughs> the royal we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for instance, an interesting um, point is that, uh, um, to be fair, there are some schemes of carbon removals already exist uh, in uh, in the EU, a voluntary, uh, voluntary public and also private mm. schemes uh, for remunerating uh, this kind of uh, negative emission. Um, the point is that, of course, they're not harmonized. And this is what the commission is trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's trying to um, harmonizing different standards uh, in this area uh, in order to favor this environment and also the effectiveness of carbon farming. Mm. Measures, but also uh, to, to verify, yeah. you know, for example, if you say, uh, you know, a ton of carbon has been removed Indeed. from the atmosphere, the idea is to be able to verify that that's actually happened and that it's a legitimate, you know, claim to make this a little bit more, more stringent and and trustworthy, basically, as a process. Still, it's a bit complete. Like, I mean, it's not entirely clear from the proposal mm-hmm. how this measure should be remunerated, because of course, um, there's not there's any link. There's no, I think there's no link to funding instruments uh, that could be used as uh, incentivizing carbon farming. And of course, if you don't have this kind of incentives, uh, um, like again, monetary incentives uh, could be problematic. There are also schemes that uh, uh, don't consider um, monetary incentives, but other kind of incentives, uh, which are actually quite uh, developed even in, in some uh, some uh, EU countries. Mm. Uh, the point is that um, maybe one of the, again, this is going to be discussed by member states, by lawmakers and so on, uh, lawmakers in the European Parliament. It's also true that uh, there's a lot of uh, space left to member states in uh, uh, implementing this kind of, uh, e- even if, if they're trying to harmonize this system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a bit, uh, you know, how can I say, um, up to the member state how to implement this kind There's of. There's some uh, wriggle room. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. I would. I think it's fair to say that you know this, the reaction from stakeholders were very, a bit mixed, but also a lot of them voiced various concerns. You know, the farmers were were raising quite a lot of concerns about the practical implications. Yeah of the text, um, especially this idea of additionality. They were quite concerned about this idea that, um, so that's the idea that any measure has to go beyond the effect that would have been seen anyway. So, you know, if you're farming anyway, the idea is you're supposed to be doing extra effort to be removing carbon, right? Instead of just being rewarded for whatever you're doing now. But the farmers were saying, well, what does that mean? You know, how do we measure this baseline? And that's often this this problem, this this idea of what's the baseline and how do we know you've done more and how can you prove it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and actually the green, I mean, green campaigners were, were very critical of the proposal. Um, you know, they were saying that basically just published a framework to certify greenwashing was their perspective, just because, you know, it was too vague as a proposal. For them, there wasn't enough kind of concrete um, suggestions that w- that would ensure that the system was a robust system that actually was doing what it says it's going to it, do. At, at the same time, the vice president, uh, Timmermans, actually tried to defend this uh, this uh, proposal also because uh, 
um, I mean, you have to do something when it comes to the the. I mean, you you can't do everything or reducing uh, the emissions just by cutting emission. You also need uh, uh, some kind of um, things like carbon removers. No, hmm. uh, this is this was a bit what uh, Tim Emmons was stress was stressing uh, because. It's a bit of an an opposition that, uh, of course, it's uh, it's an opposition per se. No, I mean it's the the concept of uh, greenwashing through carbon removals. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's always be it, it will always be a bit complicated for them to accept um, the how can I can't say the the goodness of of this uh, of this kind of uh, mm-hmm. tools. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not expecting that uh, they're going to be happy. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's going to be an ongoing discussion. Um, and do check out the reporting that's on well, Uactive if you want to know more. Yeah, although, I mean, some some NGOs are, are kind of um, in favour of this system that uh, uh, consider not uh, monetary incentives uh, in order to stock carbon and so on. But yeah, check, check our reporting for... <laughs> <laughs> for all you need to know and it will be a topic that we revisit again and again I'm sure yeah so that's all from us and this week the Euractive Agri-Food podcast was produced by Euractive's Agri-Food team that's Natasha Foote and Gerardo Fortuna with the technical support of Evie Chiori you can also find this podcast on all major streaming platforms that includes Amazon Apple Spotify and Stitcher And be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agriculture news from the EU. I'm Gerardo Fortuna, thanks for listening and see you next week.